morning, saints. Morning, sinners. This morning, we are looking at a text from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. And it's a text that's a pivotal text in the overall story of Luke. Um, I want you to imagine in your mind Luke and Acts together. I mean, they really are volume one and volume two. So as you're looking at Luke and Acts, now imagine a... uh, Oh, what am I trying to think? A No, an hourglass. Hello. An hourglass. Hello. And, and the top part of the hourglass is the Gospel of Luke. The bottom part of the hourglass is Acts. The choke point in the middle where it all comes together is the cross. So we're in the story up here. Luke has had Jesus interacting with the general population. He's been healing. He's been preaching. He's been teaching. He's been doing mighty works. He has impressed a lot of people. He has upset many more. And people are coming from all over to hear him. He's been hanging out mostly in the Galilee regions north of Jerusalem. But in 951, there's a switch. There's a shift. And now the sand starts funneling down a little faster. Whereas Jesus is talking to the general population at first, now his attention from verse 51 on is going to be to the disciples. He is going to be trying to make sure they get it. Yes, he'll still be dealing with the people out there, but he's going to be dealing primarily with his closest disciples to make sure they figured it out. Now, the text you're going to hear is one that I had somebody at the earlier service say, well, that sounds like a cult. You know, Jesus is asking them to do all these things that are impossible. Leave your father. Don't bury your father. You know, gee, don't go home and say goodbye before you follow him. And I had to remind this person, remember... It's hyperbole. Luke is using hyperbole, which is an exaggeration of something that's over the top to make a point. All right? So let's see if you can figure out where the hyperbole comes in. Now, I'm not going to read you this story. I'm going to tell you the story. It's going to be a little different. Listen to the word of the Lord. Jesus had been out with his disciples, and they had just come back from casting out their own demons and curing people. All 72 of these disciples came back celebrating, and Jesus was celebrating with them. And they had climbed up on a mountain with James, John, and Peter, and Jesus was transformed in front of them. And they came down, and Peter said, you are the Christ of God. Everything was looking good. But Jesus started to talk about dying. And Peter got in his face and said, hey, don't you talk that way, Jesus. Jesus said, Peter, stand behind me. Get behind me, Satan. So Jesus and the disciples 
We're on a journey. And Jesus had his head, his mind, his heart wrapped around the need to go to Jerusalem now. He had resolutely turned his whole being into going to Jerusalem. And as they were going, they were going through the cities of Samaria, and Jesus sent a few ahead to prepare, uh, prepare for him to arrive. But when they got there, the Samaritans rejected Jesus. Rejected him. Now, James and John, those sons of thunder, they said to Jesus, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire and hail and limestone and burn the city up? Just like Elijah did with the prophets of Baal. You could just see their eyes get bigger. But Jesus turned. Really? And he rebuked them. They continued on their journey. And they came to another village. And a man came up to Jesus. said, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, all right. You know, foxes have dens they can go and retreat to. Birds have nests that they can fly into and rest. But the Son of Man has no place to put a pillow for his head at night. And then turning to another person of the village, Jesus says, follow me. And, 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 and the guy said, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I've got to go bury my father first. Jesus said, brother, let the dead bury the dead. Go. Proclaim the kingdom of God. And another one came up to Jesus right then. Jesus, I will follow you, but first, let me go say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, if you're a farmer, and you got an ox that are pulling your plow, you don't start cutting furrows down that field and while those furrows are being cut by your ox and the plow, you don't turn backwards to see what the ox, what you're doing behind you, are you? If you're not, you're going to have furrows that go off. No. No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Friends, that is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Three words I want us to kind of imprint. Cost, 
priorities, and attachment. Cost or investment, priorities, and attachment. So what are they? It's repeat, let me sure you got it. This is pretty hard. Cost, priorities, and attachment. You see, these are the very existential questions Jesus had to wrestle with as he turned his face and resolutely started going to Jerusalem to fulfill his destiny. Jesus had to count the cost of what it was going to require of him to do what he was about to do. He took time to think about what he was going to have to invest to go through his salvific work on the cross. But Jesus also, as he was making his way through the Galilee down to Jerusalem, he had to determine what are my priorities? What, what do I need to focus on? Okay, I've focused on the general population first. Now I'm going to focus, my priorities are going to be this group of disciples following me. But ultimately, my priority is to bridge the gap through my death and resurrection between God and creation. What are the attachments he had to leave behind? Jesus had to assess what what his attachments were, what what was in his life that he was going to have to let go of in order to do what he was supposed to do. He had family, his mama, his brothers and sisters. He had to risk the attachments of his friends. To pronounce the kingdom of God, he had to risk the attachment to his faith as a Jewish man because he was challenging the status quo. Cost and investment, priorities, attachment. These three things that Jesus had to struggle with. And now in our story today, using hyperbole, using this over-the-top examples, he is telling the would-be followers, beloved, there's a cost. You want to follow me? Great. There's a cost. He said, Beloved, if you want to follow me, great. But you're going to have to let go or reassess, rather, your priorities of what's important and what's not. Beloved, you want to follow me, great. But you're going to have to look at what you're attached to and what you're willing to let go of. This is what Jesus was telling the would-be followers. Following Jesus is not about convenience. It's not about when it fits into our schedule. It is, it's not about if it's comfortable. No, Jesus says, to follow me, there is a cost to you. Just as there was a cost to me. 
you have to assess your priorities. It's like I did. You have to understand what you need to detach from in order to attach to me. Wow. You see, as we grow in Christ, sisters and brothers, our growth as a follower is determined not by so much what we do, it's about who we are. It's about what I value. And to me, as a follower of Jesus Christ, the one thing that is of supreme value is what? Jesus. And I'm going to have to give something up. I'm going to have to reevaluate my priorities. I have to detach in order to attach to Him. Church, think about those questions in your own life. What is the cost you have paid? What is the investment you have made in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ? What was that? Maybe bring it up to the present day. What, what are you investing in following Jesus Christ? Are you investing in cheap stocks? Or are you investing in good, solid portfolios? Are you, is it costing you something? Does it pinch you a little bit? What is the cost you are paying to follow Jesus. Secondly, the question all of us church need to deal with is, what are the real priorities in my life, spiritually? Is it to be on session? Is it to be a deacon? Is it to be a trustee? A teacher? No. What are your priorities? Priorities, beloved, should be <laughs> Jesus. Priorities, we need to look at our priorities and say, what do we have on the top shelf that we need to remove and place down here so we can take our time and our followership with Jesus and put it up here? It means we're going to have to move things around in the shelf. And then, brothers and sisters, church, evaluate what you're attached to. What are you attached to? Stuff? People? Job? Your sense of understanding the way the world ought to run? your political party? What are you attached to? Have you ever thought how those attachments might be like kudzu vines getting in the way of your ability to embrace Jesus? 
So what do we need to detach from in order to embrace the Christ? Yes, Jesus had to deal with those same questions he's asking those followers, he's asking you and me to deal with. Brothers and sisters, there's a cost to following me. And if you're not feeling it, you're not really following me. It should pinch. Life shouldn't be the same as it's always been. You have to reevaluate your priorities. You have to rearrange your attachments. That is the cost of following Jesus. It's not about a bunch of disciples saying, yes, but Jesus, I will. No. There are no yes buts with Jesus. There's just yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let it be. Pray with me. Holy God, You counted the cost. You set your priorities. You unattached from all that was rightfully yours in order to love us into heaven. Thank you. And Lord, in this time of shift in Luke's gospel where everything begins to look towards the funnel center, as you give it all up, where you demonstrate the price you've paid, where you demonstrate your priorities, where you demonstrate what you've detached from, you're asking us to do the same. Lord, help each of us this week, maybe during some downtime over the holiday weekend coming up, Give us some clarity. Lord, help us set aside time to literally grab paper, pen, and sit across a table from you. As we invite you into our heart, as you knock on the door of our heart, Lord, we're going to ask you to sit across the table from us and help us evaluate are we investing wisely into the best of our ability in you? Help us to evaluate our priorities and help reveal that which we are attached to so that we can put it down and hold and embrace you instead. So be it. Amen.